into the contest. It is Wednesday, the 10th of August. Welcome to Afternoon Sport. Tim Gilbert here, and I'm joined by my co-host Shane Lee. And Shane, you're off to lunch today, but you're working. It's a working lunch, of course. Work, 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 Timmy. Yes, a lunch with Lee today at the District Brasserie. I've got former Wallaby legend Phil Kearns on. Um, with a guy called Andrew May, who uh, was an athlete himself, a middle-distance runner, uh, former partner of KPMG and uh, the host of Strive Stronger podcast. Uh, Maisie's a really good guy. He was our high-performance manager at Cricket Australia and Cricket New South Wales, so it should be a good lunch. Yeah, sounds good. Sounds good. District Brasserie, love it. Absolutely love it. Mm. Have, a, have a little uh, quiet libation for myself. Um, all right, we've got a big show on the way. Chris Lynn, he's turned his back on the Big Bash. What about Serena Williams' retirement? That has got everyone talking. And Kane Corns absolutely slams David Kosh. If you're ready for your next thoroughbred racing adventure, then join the Osher Group. They exceed expectations on what racehorse ownership should look like. Australia's racing industry is enjoying unprecedented growth. Through a strategic, well-managed and data-driven approach, there is now a very real opportunity to build a profitable and sustainable thoroughbred portfolio. Find the Osher Group online at theoshergroup.com. Chris Lynn's turned his back on the Big Bash. Uh, this isn't a good sign for the domestic league when they are trying to incentivise those from overseas to come. Yeah, well, has he turned his back? He was actually dropped by the Brisbane Heat last year. Um, he was offered another mm. contract, but we have mentioned this on the podcast before. The new league in the UAE, T20 tournament, each team has a salary cap of $2.5 million. So Chris Lynn can make, you know, 700 k for a tournament five weeks work here. So once again, it's very, very hard to blame these guys for going over and making as much money as they can in a very, very short career that is sport. And the pool of talented cricketers, as we've seen domestically here, and COVID obviously highlighted it, where we had great cricketers come in and playing, and all the best of them, you know, to get that opportunity to, to wear a representative shirt, you never knock it back. But the pool's not very deep, is it? So... They need to be so careful because we could see a whole flurry of them go. We're going to see it, mate. And, uh, you know, there's about 140 cricketers that service all of world cricket. Um, 80 of those are probably the high-profile ones. So once they start signing with conflicting tournaments, it does put a lot of pressure on the whole system. We've seen the changing face of tennis, particularly women's tennis, with Serena Williams not playing as much and, and names all changing. Of course, Ash Barty surprised us all with her retirement. But Serena's finally announced her retirement and it's going to happen after the US Open. Yeah, she's decided to um, to walk away from the sport and uh, have her second child. I actually love the way that she explained this. She said she, she wanted to talk about it as a transition, but she understood that sensitivities around that word. Um, so she's more calling it an evolution. But she said she's just not happy with the decision. She doesn't want to retire. Um, and I think she's really brave to... You know, you probably get a lot of haters, particularly from the, the female side of things, saying, well, you should be proud of what you've done and you should be happy to walk away and have a family. But I love how honest she is in saying how, how big a step it is for her to to make this decision. Of course, she wants to have a family, that sort of stuff, but tennis means so much to her and um, she's not ashamed to admit that. Not easy decisions to make. Other, She's been a, no. such a talent, such an amazing player in the world of tennis, mm. Serena Williams, and I think all eyes will be on her at the US Open. Meanwhile, uh, Novak Djokovic's wife, she's come out swinging for him. 
Well, there's, there's an easy decision there. You probably should ask her to be quiet. <laughs> you don't really want, I uh, don't think you want your partner standing up for you in, in any sort of shape or form. Um, but look, a, a tennis magazine has come out and said that if Novak's going to make a stance, he needs to make the stance properly and not sort of keep entering himself in these um, competitions where he knows that if you're not vaccinated, you can't play. Um, and she just sort of came back and defended her husband, which, you know, good on her. But, yeah, it just goes to show that I think the tennis magazines are right. If he is going to make a stance, well, then why do you keep putting your name down, hoping they're going to change the rules just for you? Turning to golf, Nick Faldo, look, I've always enjoyed his commentary. Didn't like him as a golfer, only because he used to always break our hearts, particularly in 1986, where mm. he ran down Greg Norman in the most extraordinary fashion. But he's uh, ended up uh, his commentary career, this current phase of commentary career, you wonder whether lots of these guys will end up on this other tour. But um, he got pretty emotional, old Nick. He did, mate. He's a six-time major winner, as you mentioned, Tim, and had a 16-year career mm. um, and was brought to tears and just saying that now he, he plans to go and run his farm in Montana. But I've got a funny feeling, Tim, he might be signing with a, with a certain Rebel League. Yeah, you get that feeling, don't you? And uh, what about that bombshell dropping, saying one of the guys saying that Smith and well, Cameron Smith and uh, Leishman have already joined the LIV? Yeah, this comes from Cameron Percy, who uh, just came 10th in a recent tournament. But he said he believes mm. that Smith at 28 and Leishman have already signed with the LIV and that will be announced um, very soon. And you'd have to probably agree with that. And for those that remember, after Smith won the British Open at St Andrews, and was asked by a journalist straight away, will you be signing with the LIV? And he said, I've just won a British Open. Can you ask me about that? And then was very, very coy in his response. You'd have to think that those rumours may be true. If it is true, even you're Cameron Smith, you'd be a bit annoyed, wouldn't you, with Cameron Percy? <laughs> we, we call those guys a sheriff. They dob you in, mate. <laughs> oh, mate. How about you zip it? Yeah. What about, you know, now obviously everyone's excited about the World Cup. Australia getting in with that nail-biting finish. And uh, Socceroos skipper Matty Ryan, he's looking to change clubs in a bid um, for a bit of first-team football. So he wants to get the kind of practice that he needs to be playing in the World Cup. Yeah, I think well, I think the Socceroos are trying to mandate that from Graham Arnold downwards, saying that they want to be involved as much first-team football as possible. Uh, that'll take him out of his current team in Spain and he'll go and play with Copenhagen FC uh, in first division there. Um, he's a fantastic goalkeeper and, and a great leader. And um, I think it's a very, very good move. It, it tells me that the Socceroos are taking this opportunity seriously. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And yep. uh, Graham Arnold, he had the opportunity to be a feather duster or a rooster. He ended up being a rooster with that mm. decision to bring on the grey wiggle and uh, get Australia through <laughs> to the World Cup. And, of course, we have the Women's World Cup next year in Australia and New Zealand. So quite exciting for the world game at the moment. Now, looking at the EPL, looking in the stands at the EPL at the... Uh, at the cafes and, and, and different outlets through uh, West Ham. And some fans at West Ham are blowing up at the prices at London Stadium. Now, they're, they're getting upset because it's $13 for a pint of beer. That's $13 Australian when you do the transfer. And I think it was ended up being about $7.80 for a Coca-Cola. Now, this makes me wonder... Um, are they being ripped off or are we being ripped off? Because it doesn't sound too different to the prices we've been seeing for quite some, quite some time here. Yeah, we get $30 for a schooner, so I don't know what they're worried about. Um, yeah, some of the fans, they're even talking about boycotting the London Stadium altogether, mm. um, which is a big, big call. They take their beer very seriously over there in the UK, 
and I can't blame them to be honest. No, no, I, I can't either. But uh, it seems like the cost of living is uh, is a lot better than what we get at times. Yeah. All right, stay with us. We've got plenty of AFL, NRL, and much more. Patrick Cripps, it's over for him this year, 2022. That two-game ban got upheld in the AFL. Well, it's over for him uh, for the traditional home and away season. Mm. And, uh, yeah, two-game ban, it could be over altogether, Tim, because Carlton sits seventh and um, got a couple of tough games to finish the season off. Uh, he'll be praying and hoping the guys can get the job done so he can play finals footy. But, yeah, the, it was a, a bit of an innocuous bump on, on Lions player Callum Archie and... Uh, yeah, but the, the AFL very, very stern in their um, ruling and just said, no, nah, that, that was the wrong thing. You're out of control and the bump and it's how the player reacts to it. Um, and he hit his head. So, yeah, two, a two-game ban for Patrick Cripps. Well, we saw David Koch get off the set of Sunrise the other day and blow up the coaching staff at Port Adelaide saying, watch out, all these strong, uh, strident words from the, the chairman of Port Adelaide. They've had a very indifferent season and uh, a legend of the club has come out and slammed Koshy back. I suppose if you're going to go and put your head above it, you're going to get it hit sometimes. And Kane Corns, who is never shying away from the odd statement, has come out and had a crack at Koshy. No, and he's put the whole his comments into perspective and he said... Look, David Koch, there's a silly comment from him. Uh, he said that the Port Adelaide Football Club, the last, they've made the prelim the last two seasons. Yes, they've had a bad year this year, but saying that heads will roll is probably not the thing that uh, the chairman should be doing. So he's basically said, zip it, David. Yeah, Ricky Stewart, as we expected, has got a, a week's ban, $25,000. Now, that week's ban means that he's got to stay away from training and everything until next week. Uh, look, I, I think that's probably the there or thereabouts. I can't believe there are people still out there trying to say that it's too harsh and you know, if you know the backstory, and I've got a fair idea of what the backstory is. I've had a few phone calls, and mm. you know, if if right, it's you know, it's, it's very wrong the behaviour. But that, to me, is not the story. The story, to me, like we've discussed, is to get in a media conference in the manner in which you do and say those words. So, look, uh, I think it's on the lighter side, to be honest with you. He could have been banned for three or four games, and I don't think it would have upset too many people. Yeah, I went pretty hard on Ricky Stewart yesterday, and um, with, with some of the light around, whether these rumours are true or not, um, if they are, I feel a bit bad about um, giving Ricky Stewart a hard time. But it's more to the point, you don't go to a media conference and say what he said. Mm. And, uh, look, he... You know, I've never seen anything quite like it. So anyway, we'll put it to bed because we've been discussing it for quite a few days, haven't yep. we? What about the baseball, the Mets supporters brutally? Oh, well, this was ridiculous at the, at the MLB, this brawl. The Mets supporter put one straight on a Braves fan's chin. Um, oh, if, if you watch the footage on YouTube, it's pretty bad. He got it, he didn't miss him, that's for sure. And uh, yeah, you just hate to see this. It's it's a fine line between passion and and overstepping the mark from supporters, and we see it all the time. But uh, yeah, these, this day and age, with there's so many cameras around and phones, um, that guy's in a bit of trouble for the guy that threw the punch. What about Mike Tyson? The way he lost his pet tiger. <laughs> <laughs> this guy, oh, this guy just makes me laugh. I don't know why, but he's, he had three white Bengal tigers. He, he paid eighty k each for him, and uh, he was taking one of these white. Bengal tigers for a walk and the next door neighbour had two dogs and the, the tiger tried to scale the fence and they eat the next door neighbour's dog <laughs> and he got a call from the ASPCA and, and they basically 
um, said uh, that he wasn't allowed to keep those um, animals in captivity. And he said, they said, how did you, he said, how did you find out that I had t- tigers? They said, you're Mike Tyson and you walk, you walk them in public. <laughs> People know who you are, mate, and you're walking a bloody Bengal tiger. Yeah. Jeez. Uh, yeah. yeah, hard to hide your identity, Iron Mike. Uh, <laughs> now, I mentioned yesterday that I would finish off. You mentioned the Oak Flats uh, Davidson Shield win yesterday. Yes. And with Leichhardt Oval, thankfully, there, there wasn't. Uh, too much damage from that fall the other day, but it made me remember 1985, the Commonwealth Cup Grand Final, and I was a back mm. row for Patrician Brothers Fairfield. Back in those days, you may remember that this was a televised schoolboy games, and there was 20-odd yes. thousand people there. So it was us against Ashcroft. It was the top end. You know, you played the curtain raiser before the first grade Grand Final, and uh, mm. we, we were leading most of the way, and then Ashcroft decided to put on this move where, you know, the captain went up to the referee. In hindsight, I can see it quite clearly and he, he said something to him next thing you know they've taken a tap and they've all thrown their arms up in the air going what's up ref so we're all looking around in defence and I'm sort of walking to the ref saying mate what's going on the, meanwhile uh, one of the guys runs straight past me and I don't even make a, an attempt to tackle him he put the ball underneath the sticks they kicked the goal and we lost and uh, that was the end of my football career and I went into journalism Hmm. Mate, it was only the good news is there's only twenty thousand people there and uh, probably a pretty small TV audience, but that's pretty funny, mate. <laughs> and it was over before it began. <laughs> that's it for afternoon sport today. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen. A big thank you to our sponsors, Shane. Yeah, fantastic sponsors, the Osher Group. If you're in the market for a racehorse, go and uh, have a chat to the guys. They will point you in the right direction. And a big thank you to our wonderful producer Dan McHugh. We're back tomorrow for your daily dose of sport. We'll see you then, guys. Take care. Building Resilience Podcast. They play in different arenas, but sports and business have massive similarities. Elite athletes and top business leaders flourish through the physical and psychological demands their high-stress careers place on them. The Building Resilience Podcast explores the world of sport and deconstructs the tools and ethos of world-class athletes that can help us create growth and optimize business and life. Come find the Building Resilience Podcast on your favorite podcast app.